are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting upon this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. And to discuss today's reading, go over to Facebook and find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and there you'll be able to interact with other listeners and readers. Today is Day 82. We are reading from Book 2, Chapter 19, Paragraphs 720-727. to Then our princess turned toward her mother and comforted her against the approach of death, and among many other words of incomparable consolation, she spoke also the following, Mother, beloved of my soul, it is necessary that we pass through the portal of death to the eternal life which we expect. Bitter and painful is the passage, but also profitable, for it is instituted by the divine goodness as the beginning of our security and rest. It satisfies by itself for the negligences and shortcomings of the creature in fulfilling the duties. Accept death, O my mother. Through it, pay the common debt with joy of spirit and depart in confidence to the company of the holy patriarchs, prophets, the just, and the friends of God, who were our ancestors. There await with them the beatitude which the Most High will send to us through our Savior and his redemption. The certainty of this hope will be thy consolation until we attain to the full possession of that which we expect. 7.21 St. Anne answered her daughter with a return of love, and in a spirit of joy worthy of herself, and of such a daughter on such an occasion. In maternal tenderness she said, Mary, my beloved daughter, fulfill now thy obligation by not forgetting me in the presence of the Lord God and Creator, and reminding him of the need I have of his protection in this hour. Remember what thou owest to her, who has conceived thee, and bore thee in her womb nine months, who afterwards nourished thee at her breast, and has always held thee in her heart. Beseech the Lord, my daughter, that he extend a hand of mercy toward me, his useless creature, who has her beginning only through his mercies, and that I may receive his blessing in this hour of my death, for I place my confidence and have always placed it altogether in his holy name. Do not leave me, my beloved, before thou hast closed my eyes. Thou wilt be left an orphan and without the protection of man, but thou wilt live under the guardianship of the Most High. Confide in the mercies which he has shown of old. Daughter of my heart, walk in the path of the justifications of the Lord, and ask his majesty to govern thy aspirations and thy powers, and to be thy teacher in the holy law. Do not leave the temple before choosing thy state of life, and let it be done only with the sound advice of the priests of the temple, and continue to pray to the Lord that he dispose of thy affairs according to his own pleasure. Pray that if it be his will to give thee a spouse, he may be of the tribe of Judah and of the race of David. The possessions of thy father Jochim and of myself, which shall belong to thee, share with the poor with whom thou shouldst deal in loving generosity. Keep thy secret hidden within thy bosom, and ask the Omnipotent without ceasing to show his mercy by sending his salvation and redemption through this promised Messiah. Ask and beseech his infinite bounty to be thy protection 
and may his blessing come over thee together with mine. 7.22 In the midst of such exalted and heavenly colloquies, the Blessed Mother, St. Anne, felt the throes of death approaching, and reclining upon the throne of grace that is in the arms of her most holy daughter, Mary, she rendered her most pure soul to her Creator. Having closed the eyes of her mother, as St. Anne had requested, and leaving the sacred body in position for burial, the Queen Mary was again taken up by the holy angels and restored to her place in the temple. The Most High did not impede the force of her filial love, which naturally would cause a great and tender sorrow at the death of her mother and a sense of loneliness as being deprived of her assistance. But these sorrows were most holy and perfect in our Queen, governed by the graces of her most prudent innocence and purity. In the midst of them she gave praise to the Most High for the infinite mercies which she had shown to her mother both in life and in death, while her sweet and loving complaints on account of the absence of the Lord continued unabated. However, this most holy daughter could not know the full extent of the consolation afforded her mother in having her present at her death. For the daughter was not aware of her own exalted dignity and the sacrament connected with her, as was known to the mother. This she had always kept secret, as the Most High had commanded her. But finding at her bedside her, who was the light of her eyes and of the whole world, and having the privilege of expiring in her arms, all the desires of her mortal life were fulfilled, making its end more happy than that of all the mortals up to that hour. She died not so much in the fullness of years as in the fullness of merits, and her most holy soul was placed by the angels in the bosom of Abraham, where she was recognized and reverenced by all the patriarchs, prophets, and the just who were in that place. This most holy matron was naturally endowed with a great and generous heart, with a clear and aspiring intellect, fervent and at the same time full of tranquility and peace. She was a medium of stature, somewhat smaller than her daughter, most holy Mary. Her face was rather round, of a suffused whiteness, her countenance was always equable and composed. And finally, she was the mother of her who was to be the mother of God himself. This dignity in itself included many perfections. St. Anne lived 56 years, portioned off into the following periods. At the age of 24, she espoused St. Joachim, and she remained without issue for 20 years. Then in the 44th year, she gave birth to the Most Holy Mary, and of the twelve years which she lived during the lifetime of Mary, three were passed in her company, and nine during her absence in the temple, which altogether make fifty-six years. Concerning this great and admirable woman, as I have been informed, some grave authors assert that St. Anne was married three times, that in each one of these marriages she was the mother of one of the three Marys. Others have the contrary opinion. The Lord has vouchsafed to me solely on account of his goodness great enlightenment concerning the life of this fortunate saint. Yet never was it intimated to me that she was ever married except to St. Joachim, or that she ever had any daughter besides Mary, the mother of Christ. Perhaps because it does not pertain to, nor was necessary for the history which I am writing, 
information was not given to me, whether the other Marys who are called her sisters were or were not her cousins, that is, daughters of the sister of St. Anne. When her spouse St. Joachim died, she was in the forty-eighth year of her age, and the Most High selected and set her apart from the race of women in order to make her the mother of her who was the superior of all creatures, inferior only to God, and yet his mother. Because of her having such a daughter, and of her being the grandmother of the word-made man, all the nations may call the most fortunate Saint Anne blessed. Instruction by the Most Holy Queen Mary, 725. My daughter, the most valuable science of man is to know how to resign himself entirely into the hands of his Creator. Since he knows why he has formed him, and for what end each man is destined, Man's sole duty is to live in obedience and in the love of his Lord. God will charge himself most solicitously with the care of those that thus confide in him. He will take upon himself the management of all the affairs and all the events of this life in order to draw blessings and benefits for those that thus trust in his fidelity. He afflicts and corrects the just by adversities. He consoles and rejoices them with his favors. He inspires them with hope in his promises and threatens them and inspires them with fear by his threats. He absents himself in order to attract their love. He shows himself to the souls in order to reward and preserve them in fervor. And in all these things, he makes the lives of the chosen ones more delightful and beautiful. All this happened to me in that which thou hast written of me. He visited me and prepared me in his mercy with many different kinds of blessings, difficulties, and labors, persecutions of creatures, and the separation from my parents and from all men. 7.26 In the midst of these various trials, the Lord did not forget my weakness, for with the sorrow for the death of my mother, Holy Anne, he combined the consolation and comfort of permitting me to be present at her death. O my soul, how many blessings do men lose by not attaining to this wisdom? They hold themselves aloof from the divine providence, which is powerful and sweet and unfailing, which measures the orbs of heaven, and the elements which counts the footsteps, discerns the thoughts, and disposes everything for the benefit of the creatures. Instead of all this, men are given over to their own solicitudes, which are inefficient and weak, blind, uncertain, and inconsiderate. From this false beginning originate and follow irreparable evils for man, for he deprives himself of the divine protection and falls from the dignity of having his creator as his helper and defender. What is still worse, if by his carnal wisdom and by diabolical astuteness to which man resigns himself, he succeeds sometimes in obtaining what he seeks, he deems himself fortunate on account of this, his own misfortune. And with sensible pleasure, he imbibes the poison of eternal death in the deceitful delight which he has gained while incurring the alienation and abhorrence of his God. 7.27 Mind well, then, my daughter, this danger, and let thy holy solicitude be to cast thyself securely into the arms of thy provident God and Lord. He, being infinite in wisdom and power, loves thee much more than thou lovest thyself, and he knows and desires for thee greater goods than thou ever canst learn to desire and request. Confide in his goodness and in his promises, which do not admit failure. 
Remember what he says through his prophet to the just, that it is well with man, Isaiah 3.10, since God takes upon himself his desires and cares and charges himself with them in order to deal with them according to his generosity. By means of this most secure confidence, thou wilt even in this mortal life enjoy the blessedness of a tranquil and peaceful conscience, and although thou mayest find thyself surrounded by the tempestuous waves of trial and adversity, which cast over thee the sorrows of death, Psalm 17.5. And although the terrors of hell may surround thee, suffer thou, and hope in patience, so that thou err not from the portal of the grace and the good will of the Most High. This concludes our reading today for Day 82. We've been reading from Book 2, Chapter 19, Paragraphs 720-727. to Today we hear the finality of St. Anne's life. We knew she was going to pass from yesterday's reading. And now also remember that Mary was transported there from the temple. So I would almost think that this is kind of like by location, that the angel brings Mary there, but yet Mary is still in the temple. Our Blessed Mother tells St. Anne, Mother, beloved of my soul, it is necessary that we pass through the portal of death to the eternal life, which we expect. Bitter and painful is the passage, but also profitable. That's very wise counsel that the child Mary, at the age of 12, is able to offer her mother, St. Anne. This is the insight that she's gained from being in the temple for these past nine years. Bitter and painful is the passage from this life to the next, but also profitable. Allow that to sink in as you maybe mourn the death of someone you love in the upcoming moments of your life. It is bitter and painful, but it's profitable. And we know that by our faith, we will be reunited with them. And then we have St. Anne responding to the Blessed Mother. And I couldn't help but think that as we know from the scriptures that Mary treasures these moments of Jesus' life in her heart, that she's going to treasure this experience that she has with her mother, that she's going to remember the words that her mother gave her. I thought it was wise counsel what St. Anne told her. Do not leave the temple before choosing thy state of life, and let it be done only with the sound advice of the priests of the temple, and continue to pray to the Lord that he dispose of thy affairs according to his own pleasure. Mary is to pray about her vocation. That's what St. Anne is saying. How is God calling you, Mary? Is he calling you to the virginal state? Have you made this vow of virginity? May you find a fitting husband of the tribe of David, St. Anne says, knowing already that the Messiah will come through Mary, she knows that she will find a person of the, of the tribe of Judah and the race of David. And we heard this very interesting fact today from Maria of Agreda, that some believed that the other Marys in the gospel were also the children of St. Anne. I've never heard that before. I've read a lot, and I've never heard that before. And 
I think that's a very weak tradition. I don't think it's substantiated by the very fact that, you know, we're talking 400 years now removed from Maria Vagrida. She lived in the 1600s, and here we are, 2022. I don't think people are talking about it because it was disproven. But, of course, when you don't have all of the abilities of research as we do today, that's able to be put forward. But I would say that that's in distinct contradiction to our belief that St. Anne was a barren woman and that God blesses her with the child Mary. I would say that we need to grant this fact that Mary was her only child. It corresponds with other stories of the Old Testament and is what has been handed on to us. I'm Father Edward Looney. And throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.